So this is week three. It's the final message about discernment. We've been talking about discernment for the last two weeks. Um, and today we're going to be discussing discernment of spirits. So we have been discussing discernment. And this week we're discussing discernment of spirits. And um, unfortunately, discernment of spirits is... is, is is highly misinterpreted, is highly misused, or highly misunderstood within the churches, you know, today, within the body of Christ. Um, and because of it, it actually can bring hurt and damage to other people when, we're not, when we don't understand what this gift of discernment of spirits is. Now, we talked about discernment, and we're talking about, give it to somebody, you're like, Pastor, what's the, th-? all right, remember we talked about discernment being able to distinguish what is right, Versus almost right, right? That's discernment. Discernment is when, when through uh, God's word and through his wisdom, we, we know what is right and what is not. Now, discernment of spirits is different. We're going to go into it today in, in, in detail, but to give you a quick little sum up before we jump in it, it's, it's discerning the spirit. If it's God or not. Do you understand? Discernment of spirits. Is this a God thing or not when we're dealing with in the spirit, when we're dealing with things in the spiritual realm? And so we're going to talk about that. Let's, let's go and jump into, I don't have a joke for you guys this morning. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I tried. <laughs> you want a story? <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10. There was a time back in my day when I, no. <laughs> verse, uh, chapter 12, verse 10. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10. It says, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. What is going on in this verse? Paul is writing to the church of Corinth, and what he's saying is, he's saying here, there's diversity, like there's unity in diversity because God has given everyone spiritual gifts. Everyone has different spiritual gifts. And what he's saying is, in this moment, he's listing the spiritual gifts, and those were some of the spiritual gifts that he mentions. Now, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something, right? And it's gonna sound a little, a little, a little strong. Um, but the gift of discernment was primarily, I believe that it's primarily given to us, to believers, to be able to detect the presence of God, right? The, this, the gift of discernment of spirits was primarily given to the believer so that we can detect the presence of God. But what has happened in much of life, right, is that Christians have used this um, as a tool to do a demonic witch hunt. And they say, is there demons here? Is there a demon here? Is there a demon here? Is there a demon here? And, and, and this is the thing. This is, this is the thing. Um, it's dangerous when we feel that this gift of discernment is mainly for that. I'm going to tell you why it gets dangerous. It gets dangerous when we, when we make it all about the devil and the demons because what we're doing is we're giving more credence and power to the enemy over the Godhead, over, uh, over the, the power, the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. We're giving it more uh, power over the, the, the supernatural omnipotence of the Holy Spirit. What happens is we're making such a big deal about the enemy and making it all about the enemy. And by doing so, we're almost like empowering his influence when this was primarily for the believer to detect the presence, the Spirit of God. Okay? 
Are we we hearing this? I want you guys to understand this. It's going to be more of a teaching today than a preaching, if you guys understand. Okay. and, and, And then what happens when we give the enemy so much power because we're focusing all on those things, then we're actually removing power from the church. We give the enemy so much power that the church reduces in power when we do that. We become powerless because we give more precedence to the devil's work in those circumstances than to what God himself has done. And this is why, this is why it's important. Now, um, (laughs) again, when we say the sermon of spirits, we see the spirits is plural, and we understand that, you know, it, there's more than one spirit in the spiritual realm, right? We understand that we're in this spiritual battle, and it's a battle between good and evil, between God and Satan. Now, we already know who's going to win, but there is currently some action going on, okay? And um, this, can you, listen, this is an incredible gift that God has given us. If you, if you, this is like some matrix stuff. I mean, think about it. What he's doing is he's allowing an individual to see something in a spiritual realm while living on this earthly earth. (laughs) Do Do you see this? And only God can do that. One thing that we have to remember as we go forward and we talk about this gift is that as all the spiritual gifts, all spiritual gifts need to operate out of the love of God and not any other motivation. All the spiritual gifts... We're talking about the Sermon of Spirits today, but every, spirit, every spiritual gift needs to operate from a place of love for God. Okay? So let's talk about, oh, you know, let me start the timer. You guys are slipping. You guys want to be here all day. No. Um, there are some misunderstandings sometimes when it comes to the spiritual gift, right? But, but to clear up some of the misunderstandings, again, we have to understand that this gift, just like all the other spiritual gifts, right, should lead us toward God. They should, it should lead us toward God. It, it should emphasize who he is. When, when we're dealing with this, the, the gifts of the Spirit, right, uh, we have to be aware that they point us back to God. If it doesn't point us back to God, it's something else, and I'm going to talk about that later. Today. Today. Hmm. Um, Philippians chapter 1, verse 9 says, and this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and in all discernment. You know, another major area of confusion is when we use this gift, when we're using this gift is when we confuse spiritual discernment with human discernment. Do you know that, that that's a thing? Right? You know, because we, we're human, right? We live in this flesh. And so what happens is sometimes we may feel something and we confuse with what we feel with what God is trying to show us. And it happens too much. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 14 says, but the natural man, who's a natural man or woman here? Anybody, anybody was born, like, I mean, anybody cloning here? <laughs> we're, we're all natural men and women, right? Okay. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. 
So unless they are spiritually discerned, we're not going to understand them at all. Okay? There's a quote that says, spiritual discernment is the grace to see into the unseen. It is a gift of the Holy Spirit to perceive what is in the Spirit, and its purpose is to see into the nature of what is veiled. So, let's talk about what the discernment of spirits is not. The discerning of spirits is not natural or emotional discernment of another person. Okay? The, the, the discernment of spirits is not a natural or emotional discernment of another person. The discerning of spirits is not the gift of criticism. <laughs> well, I discern. <laughs> I discern that Caesar, you know, when he talks, he really doesn't mean that. What he means is this and this and this. He don't really like me. He just smile at me. And that goes along with the second, the third thing I want to say is that the sermon of gifts is not the gift of suspicion. <laughs> I know, and I, and I think we, my wife and I were having a conversation the other day. I understand what the enemy does. The enemy will make, listen, listen, listen church right now. I can save us a whole lot of heartache. The enemy would love to see us bickering and fighting and angry at each other. Because if we're not united, then we're powerless. There's power in, the, in our unity, right? And so what he does is he makes things appear so that we could be upset with one another. It happens. It happens. You know, and it happens with me all the time with people, with you guys and me, because I'm only one person and sometimes people have something to say to me and I just don't get a chance to get around to them. So it looks like this. Pastor didn't talk to me today. And you know what? I don't even think he likes me. First of all, how we get to that? <laughs> now, now I was talking, I, I was talking to, uh, to someone, and, and, and you know what? We're human, so the, guess what? I'm going to have relationships as a human being, and I'm more comfortable with some people. But honestly, if I'm more comfortable with you, that's a bad thing. Because I'm going to tell you some things that you probably don't want to hear. Rachel is in here today, and I'm going to say something about Rachel. Rachel called me one Sunday, hey, Pastor, I got a flat tire. I don't know if I'm going to be, I said, I don't, leave the car there. Get a ride and be at church. Now, let's say, um, let me see, pick someone. Let's say it would have been, I gotta find some, Bet, Betsy. I can't tell Betsy down the phone. I would think Betsy gonna be like, oh, what? Well, then you know what, Pastor? I'm never gonna be there now. <laughs> Only because I haven't spent as much time with Betsy as I have with Rachel. And so sometimes if I am, if you are closer to me, that could be a not so nice thing because I'm, I'm more honest, I'm more blunt, I'm more straight to the point, and it's still all with love. But the gift of suspicion, discerning of spirits is not the gift of manipulation. And sometimes we hear things like, you know what? angel, God is showing me this, and, and I'm feeling like you need, to, you need to do this, 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 and this, and this. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't really. No, no, no. You got to do it. Yeah, but I, I, I'm not comfortable. You got to do it. Uh, there are times where God will push you out of your comfort zone. But at the same time, we cannot hide behind a spirit of discern, the discerning of spirits to try to manipulate people. That is misusing 
the Spirit. Discerning of spirits is not a gift of condemnation. If you guys say, well, I never saw it like that. I never saw it like this. It's okay. It's good. And I'm glad because that means that we're not seeing that here. But what happens is, unfortunately, within the vast body of Christ, unfortunately, it has been misused and people have done things like this. But this is why we're being educated so that we can be like, wait a minute. I heard about this. I learned about this. And this is not right. This gift, just like the other eight, they, they function and they operate from a place of love for God, not a place of skepti- uh, uh, skepticism, not a place uh, from, from, of judgment, you know, not a place of, uh, of us wanting to criticize one another. We got to really check our hearts. We have to ask ourselves, was that really God or is that, am I really trying to find something on Mike? Am I really trying to just find something on Mike that I don't like? And then try to fix him using the spirit, using or hiding behind the name of the spirit. We have to be careful that we don't do that. There are areas of spiritual discernment that the Bible shows us in, 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 in uh, four different areas. We're only going to talk about four, but there's four different areas where the Bible shows us examples of spiritual discernment. The first one I want to talk about is discerning the presence of the Holy Spirit himself first, right? So we take a look. Um, again, 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 the discernment of spirits is primarily for discerning the presence of God, the Holy Spirit. Like when we understand that and, and then we're, and we're seeking God and we're seeking the gift of discernment or whatever it is, it's like you understand that you're not, you know... <laughs> You're not going to be like the sorcerer dude that we're going to talk about in a minute. But it's like, it's, like, it's like you understand that you are seeking something that God can use you from a place of love to bring edification to the body of Christ. Um, he gives us this, this gift so that we can almost like co-labor with him. You see, like when the Holy Spirit wants to do something, and you have a discernment of spirit, and you acknowledge, oh, that's the Holy Spirit. But at that moment, you join, and you begin to co-labor alongside what the Holy Spirit is doing. Does that make sense? Listen to me. When God is doing something, and there's a move happening, or there's something going on, and it's the Holy Spirit, and you discern the Spirit in that move, now you, knowing that the Holy Spirit is in this, you make a decision to join and co-labor with what God is doing so that you can be a part of it, so you can be in the will of God, so that you can be used by God. You see, you see why it's so important? There are two, two scriptures I want to touch on. The first one was in John chapter 1, verse 32 to 34. It says, then John testified, I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove from heaven and resting upon him. I didn't know he was the one. But when God sent me to baptize with water, he told me, the one who you see, the one on whom you see the spirit descend and rest is the one who will, who you, the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I saw this happen to Jesus, so I testify that he is the chosen one of God. First of all, the, the scripture says like a dove, right? So, so um, we're not saying that a bird actually flew down. That this, you know, it says it, it descended like a dove. But let's just say for illustrative purposes that a dove actually was flying down from heaven. At this moment, John the Baptist looks up, right? He looks at it and it's just a bird. But there's a discernment of spirits right, that helps you acknowledge that is not a bird, that's the Holy Spirit. 
and he was able to identify that that was the Holy Spirit because of the discernment of spirits. So we see this, that the only way that John could have known that that, that was the Holy Spirit that was descending like a dove was because at that moment he was given the gift of discernment of spirits. Does that make sense? Okay. The second um, scripture is Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames of tongue flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them to this ability. This is where we talk about the upper room where the disciples were praying and it was filled with a rushing wind and um, it says flames or tongues of fire appeared. (laughs) There has to be a discernment of spirits at that moment to not freak out at what is happening. Can you imagine you sitting in your house and all of a sudden the windows bust open, the air starts coming in, things start getting knocked down, things start to shake, this and that. Um, at the first thing, some of y'all are going to be like, oh my God, what's going on, right? You, yeah, many of us many of us will start rebuking, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke God. But... but but you didn't see this here. You didn't see this here. There was a discernment of spirits and they understood that that was the Holy Spirit. They understood that. The next, the next area where we see the discernment of, um, of spirits in the Bible is when we talk about angels. When we talk about angels. When we see angels, we see them appear in the scriptures. We see them in the Old and the New Testament. But I want to talk about when even Jesus saw an angel in the Garden of Gethsemane. Luke chapter 22, verse 41 to 43. And he was withdrawn from them about a, a, a stone's throw. And he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. Now, one thing about angels is that they exist. Do, do we, can we all say, can we all understand that angels exist? We, we read about them all throughout the scriptures. We see them in, in, in plenty of places um, in the scriptures and some of us, we don't see them now, but some of us have. And we had a testimony of Sister Sweetie uh, and the vision that she saw and what she saw here, right? The angel, of, an angel of the Lord. No one can see an angel unless God enables them to do so. Do you understand that? No one can just see an angel. I mean, you can't go angel hunting on your own and be like, you know, like, what was the guy that he was famous for, like, Crocodile, the guy with the accent? Yeah, what was his, like, name, though, on TV? The Crocodile Hunter? Well, you know, like, he's going to try to track down and it's like, oh, here we go, folks, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, yeah, we can't do that with angels. You're never going to see one unless God enables you to do so. Because God has to give you a spiritual vision. He's got to give you a spiritual insight into that. If God allows you to see, right, in the spiritual realm, then you have to know it's for a reason. It is for a reason. In, in Sweetie's case, she brought that to the church and shared it. And for many, it was empowering, it was encouraging, it was a confirmation of what God is doing. If God is allowing us to see certain things, you know, in, in the spiritual realm, it is for a reason. We need to start praying. We need to start seeking. 
Okay, God, I, I, I saw this. What are you trying to tell me? What are you trying to, what, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? This is what needs to happen as a result of. There is always a greater reason for us to see angels if we see them in the physical realm. Paul saw an angel um, on the ship during the great storm, right? In Acts chapter 27, 22 to 24, it says, but take courage. None of you will lose your lives. Even though the ship will go down. Can you imagine that? Don't be scared, guys. No one's going to die. Yeah, we're going to sink. We're going to, we oh, well, this, this, this ship is done for. We're all going down. But it's okay. You won't die. <laughs> for, the la- for last night, an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood by me, and he said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you surely will stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. God allowed him to see this angel. He discerned that this was an angel of the Lord, right? Spiritual discernment. And then in in that case, he was able to share with what he experienced with that angel, what he heard with that angel, with everyone else, bringing hope to the ship, bringing encouragement, letting them know that, hey, God said he was going to do this because he showed me. The next thing we, we uh, see the, the spiritual discernment operating in is within the human spirit. The human spirit. And sometimes this is, this, is, this is what we only think about sometimes when we think about discerning of spirits. We think of this. You know, when, when, when we just want to discern the human spirit, like, you know, like the true character or motive behind someone's words, right? Um, this is when someone comes up to you and they're like, hey, Caesar, oh, I'm going to have to, hey, Sasha, oh, I, you know, I just want to let you know that I, I want to spend some extra time with you. I just want to really just like get to know you better and, and this and that. And Sasha's like, oh, okay. Like, we've never spoken ever. And, you know, naturally, humanly, like she's going to be like, what's going on? Now, spiritual discernment will help us even discern human spirit, meaning the true motive behind the individual that approached you. And you know, you're like, wow, this was God sent because I discerned that this person really, is, really wants the best for me, really cares for me, really wants to help me. Maybe God just randomly spoke to, you know, someone, you know, and, 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 and Joanna, and you're like, you know what, in a the, in the dream, he spoke to Joanna, he's like, I need you to go on Sunday, go to Sasha, tell Sasha this. And Joanna's like, I've never spoken to her ever. But in her obedience, she does it, comes over to Sasha, Sasha, and her discernment feels that that was the Holy Spirit that brought Sasha. Are you guys getting this? Okay. Um, so when, we, uh, when it comes to the human spirit, the, um, the, it helps us discern also the, the, the heart of individual. Acts chapter 8, verse 17 to 23. Peter and John laid their hands upon believers, and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given when the apostles laid their hands on people, he offered them money to buy, <laughs> to buy their, uh, their power. And he said, let me have this power too, he exclaimed, so that I, so when I lay hands on, my, on people, they will receive the Holy Spirit. First of all, did, did, you hear, did you even hear what he said? He's like, yeah, you try to buy it. He's like, yo, let me pay for that. So that when I pray for people, they can receive the Holy Spirit. Is that, what, is that, really, what, is that really what he cared about? Peter replied, may your money be destroyed with you for thinking that God's gift can be bought. You have no part in this for your heart is not right with God. Repent of your wickedness and pray to the Lord. Perhaps he will forgive you. <laughs> Peter's being a little, uh, a little, Peter's being Peter right now. Because we know that the Lord does forgive us, right? But um, Peter was like, perhaps... He might forgive your evil thoughts. And I can see that you are full of bitter jealousy and held captive by sin. 
here is an individual that saw the disciples doing great things. They prayed for people, people received the Spirit. Is that a bad thing? Here we see Simon, he sees that, he's like, I want to do that. Many times, not, in, not here in this church, but across the body of Christ, men and women of God do things. They say things, they're used by God in a powerful way, and people sitting, watching, say, I want to do that. But their heart is not right. Why is it that you want to do that? So that you can say you can do that? That's, that's, a lot of times, that's where it goes, that, that's where it funnels down to. You know, if I see someone that, that, that every time he touches someone, they're instantly healed. I mean, instantly. Imagine if there was someone that God used to grow hair back, and every time he would pray for somebody, dreads, a bunch of, a bunch of long, like, just long hair. Some of y'all be like, oh, I want that. Because you want to use it yourself. You want to be able to walk around and be like, yo, you need help with that? I got you. Bam! What are the motives behind why we want to do some of the things that we see? Is it because we really want to see God glorified? Do you really want to be a vessel used by God? Because there's some stuff that comes along with that that's not always so pleasant. There's some sacrifices. There's pain. There's loneliness sometimes that comes with all that. So why do you want it? Why do you want to do some of those things? Check your heart, church. And the obvious that many of us, you know, we've heard about the sermon of spirits is to discern demonic spirits, right? To discern demonic spirits. Um, now, I want to say this, that there are times that you don't need the discernment of spirits to see that someone is demonically possessed. You guys know that, right? There's a time that you can look, you can, you can have your senses, your, your senses can discern if someone is demonically possessed, um, sometimes we can hear the way they talk, and guess what? It's, it's like, okay, that's definitely not her voice. You don't, need, you don't need discernment of spirits for that. Like That's like, okay, if she's a woman and she's got a man's voice, there's something going on. <laughs> sometimes, uh, and we, as we're going to see in this scripture in Luke, um, the, there's, there's evil spirits of infirmity that will cause a deformation of, of your body. And so that you can see that, you can see it in individuals. Um, Luke chapter 13, 11 through 13 says, he saw a woman who had been crippled by an evil spirit. She had been bent double, like bent over like this, for 18 years and was unable to stand up straight. When, he, when Jesus saw her, he called over to her and said, Dear woman, you are healed of your sickness. He touched her, and instantly she could stand straight. And how she praised God. We see an example of this also uh, discerning, discerning demonic spirit with Paul. You guys remember, I'm, I'm going to read this. I'm going to read this. Um, when he casted out the spirit of divination, Acts chapter 16. Um, 16 to 18. One day, as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. This was not a godly spirit. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, these men are servants of the most high God. They have come to tell you how to be saved. 
This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to her, said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her and instantly it left her. Here you have Paul, you know, they're going throughout the city to talk and this, little, this girl possessed with a spirit of divination, divination would follow them and be like, these guys are, are, are true, you know, disciples of Christ. You know, these guys are the real deal. These guys, and, and she wasn't lying. She wasn't lying. But what's ha- happening is, is that it was a demonic, it was a demonic presence. What this shows us is this, and I, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't have this in here because I wasn't going to go over this, but it was the, the, the enemy will imitate we see this an example when we see the story of Moses, when Moses went before Pharaoh and, Mo- and God told Moses to do this with his staff and it became a snake. And then Pharaoh's, uh, his sorcerers and stuff like that, they did it and it became a snake. When they turned to blood and all of a sudden they did, they turned this to blood. We see that the enemy will imitate the things, that, the things of God. And it, can bring, it could be confusing because we can think, oh, oh, look, this is God. And this is why discernment of spirits is important. So that we're not following things just because it looks like God. Because sometimes it won't be. Do you understand that? Just because someone speaks in tongues doesn't mean it's our heavenly tongues. I know this is like weird stuff, right? We don't talk about this all the time. But I want you guys to know this. It's really important that we understand this. Yo, man, God is taking us places. We got to be ready for stuff. We got we to discern. We got to discern his spirit and follow it. You know, um, Everything that sounds nice is not nice, church. Now, again, we shouldn't be walking around with a spirit of suspicion, you know. Leilani be like, you know, she's talking to me like, Pastor, I feel, really? Hmm. Is that God? I mean, we don't, we don't want to walk around being suspicious of everyone. That's not what this is for. But this is for your own personal growth that you acknowledge that there could, there is, there is a difference between good and evil, and sometimes evil will replicate itself to kind of look like good. So even if it sounds nice, it may not be nice. You know, if it feels good, it may not still be good. And we need to understand that. Okay. Um, uh, I'm not going to stay on, on demonic spirits too much, but I wanted to say some, sometimes like, well, how do we, how can also we can discern? There's some obvious things. Obviously, if the person's like, you know, stuff like that, right? <laughs> But, but, um, but a demonic spirit can also be discerned when there's a feeling of oppression, suicide, pressure, fear, lust, sexual desires that show up out of the blue. Out of the blue. You know what I mean? When all of a sudden we are like, you know, we're living life and all of a sudden we start to feel something like this out of the blue there could be some uh, demonic oppression involved with that, okay? Um, when there's a sense of confusion, um, and no matter what you try to, there's always confusion, there's always confusion. No matter what you try to read or how much you pray, there's confusion, and there's a, a heavy sense of sadness and loneliness, even when you are in the midst of people, Okay. I want to keep going. I want to keep going. I'll keep going. So the gift of um, the purpose of the gift of discernment of spirits. We talked about what is the purpose. We talked about primarily it's so that we can discern the spirit of God. That's primarily, right? And so when we break that down, right, this gift, it, it primarily reveals the presence of God and also the lack of the presence of God. And so when we are discerning, um, of the, when we're discerning the Holy Spirit, um, these are the areas where God allows us to work within these areas. Because we can discern the Holy Spirit, 
These are areas that we're able to work in. Acknowledging and, conf- and, and the acknowledgement and confession, uh, confessing of Jesus. Um, when we discern the Holy Spirit, right, we're able to uh, correct error in teaching. There are times that there's error in teaching, um, as well as the deceit of, of, of demonic deceit. Also, defeating the work of demons and breaking the word and curses by the power of God's blessings. Um, when we discern, when we're, when we're discerning, it also it helps lead and allows the work of revealing and deliverance from um, evil spirits. Now, I want to go and say there's some filters of the sermon. Like, well, how do I know if I'm discerning? What do I, how, do, how do I walk through that, right? And um, I just want to mention, like, I think, like, five or six things. And it says, um, no matter what, in moments you need to ask the Holy Spirit some things. When we're discerning the Spirit, we need to ask the Holy Spirit. It's like, if you want to know if it's the Holy Spirit, wouldn't you... If I go to your house and I'm at and I say, "Hey, I'm at your front door," you're gonna peek through the hole, right? Or look through the ring camera, or whatever. You're gonna you're gonna verify that it's me. And the same manner, sometimes if we want to verify, is this the Holy Spirit? We ask the Holy Spirit, or we go through some things. Like for example, um, we ask the Holy Spirit if it lines up with certain things. Whatever you hear or what you're seeing, is it? in agreement with what the scriptures say. What someone has told you, what's, what you are feeling, because remember, again, we could feel something and it not be the Holy Spirit. So whatever you're feeling or whatever someone is telling you, does it align with the scriptures? Because if it does not, then it is not the Holy Spirit. It's, I mean, that's simple. If it does not align with this, it's not the Holy Spirit. Um, does it align with the outward fruit of the Spirit? So we talked about the fruit of the Spirit, and you see them, you know, like in Galatians. And so when you look at the fruit of the Spirit, like, okay, does it, does it align with all this? Yes or no? Is the anointing of the Holy Spirit pre- present in this? Now, some, I, I, I'm going to say the next one, even though I struggle with the next one, because that too can be deceptive. But there are times when the peace of God gives us like the peace of Jesus like in our heart, right? But we also know that the heart is deceitful sometimes. And so not always when you have peace. That's why I would bounce it off some other things, right? Not always when you have peace is it God. And we have to, we, that's something that's hard because we grew up always saying, oh, God will give you peace. God will give you peace. Guess what? I have been at peace doing some bad things in my life. Anybody else? Just me? Just me? I have been at peace doing some bad things. So were those bad things godly things? I mean, because, you know, I had peace in my heart. No, they were still wrong. We have to be careful. Just because it's peace doesn't mean it's God. Does it line up with God's nature, his character, his ways? Does it line up with who God is? This one is, uh, it says, is, is, do I send a spirit-to-spirit knowing? You ever see um, when two of the same kind of get to come together? Uh, I'm out. I was, I was watching a, a cartoon with my daughter the other day, and um, I don't know if it was like a Tinkerbell cartoon, but it was about like summer fairies and, and like the winter fairies and how the summer one, Tinkerbell, wanted to go into the winter part. Nobody, nobody. Oh, you saw it? Right. It's good. It's pretty good, right? It's pretty good, right? She met someone that was her sister that she had never met. They were separated at birth. And when they came together, all of a sudden they began to glow because they were of the same, they were, you know, in fairy world, I guess the same spirit, kind of. They were, they were you know, we don't agree and believe in all that stuff. But, like, they were, they were, they were, they were sisters. And so what happens is when we have the Holy Spirit within us, and Brother Al comes over to me, and he has the Holy Spirit in him. And he says, Pastor, this is I'm my, the Spirit in me jumps. Do you, do you understand? The Spirit in me Come on, you guys have had conversations. I know, because I've been watching some of y'all conversations. Some people will go, and you will talk, and you'll be like, listen, you know what? God is doing this. And some, some of y'all will be like, woo! 
And you get excited, like something's happening inside of you, and what's happening is that the spirit is responding to the, to the spirit. And it's a spirit-to-spirit acknowledgement going on here. Yo, those are the bad. I love those. I love it. I love it. That's another way. That was all God. That's all Holy Spirit. As we continue about the discernment of spirits, many times we need the discernment of spirits to determine the difference between prophets and false prophets. Now, I know we're not going to go on a witch hunt right now. We're not going to do that. But, but um, the Bible tells us in 1 John 4.1, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone in, out into the world. It's important that when we're dealing with this, that we don't judge the person. This is where we go wrong. We, 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 we cannot judge the person. We need to judge the word. We are to judge the word, not the person. Okay? Now, just because a person is prophesying or they, maybe, they, you know, maybe they think they're a prophet, let's say they miss the mark and they come up to you like, oh, sister, the Lord is telling me that you, you know, you're going through this and this and this. Uh, nope. Nope. I, I'm fine. That's not true. Right? Believe it or not, the individual or, that was trying to prophesy or whatever, um, when they miss the mark, it doesn't always mean that they're a false prophet. <laughs> it means that they just got it wrong. You know, um, you know, and especially in the beginning of someone's, you know, developing that gift, you know, like right now, like the girl in the front row. Okay, God, Betsy. No, it wasn't Betsy. It was Sasha. You know, you see, so we, we can get it wrong. We're human. We can make mistakes. It doesn't automatically mean that the person is a false prophet. So we should never judge the person, but we should always judge the word. So at that moment, you can be like, nah, that word is not for me. Right? Um, what actually is a false prophet is not someone who makes a mistake when they're, when they're trying to deliver a word, um, but it's someone who always makes the word about them. Pay attention. A false prophet will make the word of God about them. Everything they say somehow points back to them. I, like God is telling me this, and I feel that, and I need to, and I, and I think you need to, you, do you understand that? The, a false prophet points back to themselves and not to God. Um, a, a false prophet is not really accountable to anyone. You know, even if they seem accountable. But true accountability means submission to God's word and to the authorities, uh, spiritual authorities that are over your life. A false prophet cannot submit to spiritual authorities. And they won't. Um, Because I don't really need to because God already teaches me everything. A false prophet feels like I don't need to submit to nobody because God I already got this one-on-one with God. So therefore, I don't, I don't need any accountability and I don't need it. And, and you know what? I, um, I believe that this is a, a dangerous place because I have met some, some true prophets of God that I believe have gotten caught up in this and have swayed. Because they got caught up with this direct line sometimes that all of a sudden they feel like I don't need accountability. I'm going to do whatever I want because I already got this. And then they start acting crazy. I've seen that. I've seen that. Now, they weren't a false prophet to, you know, I'm not saying that, I'm just saying that they lost, they, they lost their way somewhere. They lost their way somewhere. They're never, they never... Uh, they're never accountable to anybody. They think the, the Spirit teaches them everything. They never answer. Uh, <laughs> they are never answerable or accountable for the grace that they have been given or operate in. 
Furthermore, how do we tell what a false prophet does? A false prophet will manipulate people. They will manipulate you to get you to do things via their manipulation. So God, 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 but they're going to tell you what, what they want you to do because it's either going to benefit them, it's part of their agenda, it's part of their plan. Um, unfortunately, we have seen some horrible examples of this. Camille and I, we even went to, um, uh, we went to a concert one time, and in this concert, there was a prophetic guy that got up. It was a healing slash prophetic dude. And, and he was up there and he says, you know what? There are some people that need healing and they need a miracle. And God was going to, uh, like, he was saying that God was going to heal the miracle, but it was just a thousand dollars each person. I was, I, I was taken, I was shocked. Like I couldn't believe what I was hearing. And I'm like, ain't nobody going to get up for that. And like 50 people got up for that. And I'm like, wait, 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 what is going on here? Because now what you're saying is, I am prophesying to you that God wants to do something for you, but you got to give me $1,000, therefore that can happen for you. That's what he said. That's a false prophet. And it's happening. It's happening. And it's sad because then those that don't know God see that and be like, that's why I don't want to be a Christian. That's a lie. Can you imagine that? Lord Jesus. You know what that actually is? Can I, can I tell you what that's called? Who, who knows what that's called? It starts with a W. It's called witchcraft. That's what it's called. That's what it's called. In closing, in closing, church, I want to, um, I want to just leave you with a couple steps that can help us use the gift of the sermon of spirits. Steps that perhaps if you can apply them to your life, you can um, increase the depth of your spiritual discernment and also become more spiritually aware, spiritually aware of, of, of what spirits are actually influencing your life. Think about it. We're being influenced all the time. In every aspect of our life, we're being influenced. What are those spirits that are influencing us? Are they godly spirits that are influencing us? Or are they the enemy? The first thing I want us to get into the habit of doing. There's no better thing than turning to the Holy Spirit and, talk, and asking the Holy Spirit, like first off. Like there's no better thing than going directly to God. Asking the Holy Spirit, like, hey, <laughs> is, is this you? In everything, in everything, make it, a, make it a lifestyle, make it a habit. Everything that happens when you, when you get emails, when you get letters, when you get requests, when you get um, invitations, when you get like, you know, just make it a habit of always just like running things by God. Holy Spirit, are you in this? Is there a reason you want me to be there? Some of us make our decisions based on what we like and what we don't like. Hey, there's a party, babe. Let's go. I don't want to go to that party. Come on, our family's gonna be there. This and that. We really need to be there. I, I don't even feel. I don't even like nobody there. And then, let's say she takes a moment, and she's like, "Lord, do do you want me to be at this party? Yes or no? Let's say it's yes. She goes anyway, and all of a sudden, God uses her at that party." in a powerful way and, and let's say someone comes to Christ and then I mean you never know she don't want to be there that happens all the time we don't want to be somewhere we end up in that somewhere and God uses us Al you just spoke, you spoke about that not too long ago you don't want to be there you go there and God heals you God is this is this you is this you do you want me to go there I mean I, I know I don't want to I mean that's I, I don't want to but I want to make decisions based off of you, not me. Begin to ask the Holy Spirit also for a greater level in this gift of discernment. Holy Spirit, give me that gift of discernment. Lord, show me, Lord, show me, show me. Open my eyes, my spiritual eyes. 
Have faith. Have faith. Lastly, you got to start somewhere, right? Pick an area in your own life because it's easy to point at other people, right? Pick an area in your own life where you would like to see this increase, the gift of discernment increased in you. Um, Like begin to ask the Holy Spirit about certain areas of your life that are being influenced and say, Lord, let's take a a season to, to look at me when it comes to this or when it comes to that. I want to discern what is driving my decisions. I want, I want you to reveal to me what is influencing my actions. Why am I always doing these things? Right? Start with you. This could be relationship. This could be finances. This could be your work, your career, your health, or even a spiritual calling that someone may have. Let's use an example of finances, especially if you're married. Let's use this example. Have you ever noticed what happens when you and your spouse start talking about money? Two, a couple things could happen. One, you're like, okay, you know, just deal with it. <laughs> Babe, whatever you want. Just as long as it all works out, I'm okay. Or sometimes, sometimes do, do conversations get heated very quickly? When money issues start coming up, do conversations get really hot and angry and argumentative instantly, instantly, real quick, real quick? Or does the conversation stay calm? If it gets very heated, whenever you talk about money, then it's time to take a moment and ask God to show you what is influencing your thoughts and attitude at that moment. What is influencing my thoughts and my attitude every time we talk about money? Why we got to fight? Why, 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 does it, why does it seem like I get angry? And what happens is as you begin to focus on individual parts of your life and asking God to give you the spiritual discernment of what is influencing those things, then eventually he begins to peel the layers off and you're like, wait a minute, there's a love of money that I have that I shouldn't have. I'm more driven by money than I am by God's word. I'm more driven by this than by this. And so now we can get to the root of what was driving, what was the driving factor for the argument. Because if there's both a trust in the Lord, if there's both that he is uh, Jehovah Jireh, our provider, if we also know that the Bible does tell us to be good stewards of what he's given us, right? I mean, the Bible, listen, the Bible can give you a financial workshop in this Bible. We can learn to manage our finances with listening to what the Bible says how we should spend. That's just an example. That's just a quick example. But there are areas in our lives that we sometimes don't know why we respond the way we do. You know, what the word they use these days is... Um, Triggered. That's the, that's the famous word these days. Triggered. Because now we've identified a word that kind of like describes what happens when someone says something. It triggers, right? It triggers a reaction. It triggers a feeling. It triggers a, a comment. And what happens is many times when we are triggered, we almost don't have control of the response. Have you noticed that? Can we be honest? We sometimes don't have control of the response that comes after being triggered. So now we have to say, well, who was in control of that response if it was not me? Who spoke like that? Like, I mean, I know I'm the one that spoke, but like, why did I speak that way? Why did I react that way? Why did I treat the person that I love the way that I, di- that I do? Lord, help me discern. Help me discern deep inside what is the the, the influencing factor here. 
church, can you stand up today, please? Prayer team, can you guys come up? I know that today was a little different. It's a little different because it's more just learning about something. But I want us to understand that these are tools that God has given a church. The gift of discernment of spirits is just one gift out of all the ones that he spoke. I think eight, uh, eight or nine there, right? Um, now, this is something that I don't want people to be discouraged about because some people are going to flow in this spirit. Don't be jealous. Don't hate. Don't be angry, right? When someone flows in this spirit and the gift is discernment of spirits, some people have been chosen. They have been gifted. Because again, what did, we, what did I just finish saying? Paul was writing to the church of Corinth. He was talking about spiritual gifts, and here it says unity in diversity. Meaning, meaning that some people will and some people won't. And that's okay. Because some that won't, that someone told will, will have interpretation of tongues. And some that don't have that, right, will, will be given um, uh, the word of knowledge. Some that don't have that will be a gift of healing. Some that don't have that will have working, the working of miracles. So the, well, if you don't have that, you'll have the gift of prophecy. Listen to me. The reason why we should all understand all the gifts is to identify when our brothers and sisters are operating in their gift. Because this is for the edification of the church. This is for, uh, listen, it's a beautiful sight to see when we acknowledge, God, whatever you've given me, I'm going to accept and I'm going to roll with it. Uh, Paul had to talk to another church. I, I don't remember what it was, Corinth. Paul had to get on some church. Because um, oh, what's happening within the church was that they all wanted... <laughs> They all wanted the gift of tongues, I think it was. They all wanted to, to function in that one gift. And that's when he had to be like, yo, y'all got to speak all the tongues in the world. But there was no love. It was Corinthians, right? Yeah. He's trying to explain to them. Like, you could have, you, you, you could talk all that, but that don't mean nothing if there's no love. Like, it's like, we have to understand that God, he assigns the gifts. Because he created you perfectly. And I was talking to someone this week. And sometimes we struggle with who we are. Because we don't fit a mold that we think we should be in. Or what the world thinks we should be in. God made us perfectly. He didn't make mistakes. He can't make a mistake. He made you perfectly. And the way he made you, guess what? It's compatible to the gift he wants you to function in. So some of us are like trying, some of us are spending so much time trying to change who we are, trying to change this and that, and God is like, wait, 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 wait. I made you like that because when you begin to operate in your gift, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come together. It's going to come together. Right? Oh, I wish I wasn't so, I wish I wasn't so loud and always, you know, not embarrassed and I'm always talking and I'm, you know, I wish I was more shy. Some people, I mean, let's, let's just use that for an example. I wish I was more quiet. He made you loud and social. He made you, uh, 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 like, that, that you don't stop talking because perhaps he's going to use you in an area that's going to involve talking. Perhaps. <laughs> I think it's time church that we get to a place where we say God you are holy you are amazing you do all things well 
Speak to me and show me, Lord, what you desire for me to do for your kingdom. What gifts, Lord, do you want me to operate in? What have you, what have you, what gifts have you blessed me with? And we don't compare each other, we don't compare ourselves with one another. But we complement one another when we operate in our own giftings. Every, every gift is needed. Every gift is needed. Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God, we only want to hear your voice. We're hanging on every word. Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God, we want to know you more and more. We're hanging on every word. 